Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Chair City Church. It's a great day. I'm excited because we are kicking off a new series. It's a teaching series. We're calling it the Lord's Prayer. And in this series, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And in a group of words, a section of the Bible that is known as the Lord's Prayer, you might know it as Our Father. I just want to stop right there. And we put this in a summary on their Facebook and on the website, a summary of the series. What I said was, I don't know, there aren't many collection of words that are more familiar throughout the history of the world than these right here, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, countless people are familiar with it. It has impacted people's lives, changed people's lives, all as Christ intended it to be. I'm believing that by the time this series is over, you're going to have a greater understanding. I'm not saying you don't have any understanding, but a greater understanding of the Lord's Prayer, a greater appreciation of it, a value of it. I am believing and confident that you're going to be able to apply this to your lives, to your time of talking with God, that the sum of all of these teachings will be it will draw you closer to God. You will be more inclined, more prepared to have, as we were talking about last week, I kept pounding away, you'll be more inclined to have these intimate, real, open, and honest conversations with God. So now we're going to take a few minutes to talk about what was going on with the culture of prayer in Jesus' day. And, and that's what caused some of that kind of what called dysfunction with prayer in Christ's culture. That's what caused Jesus to bring up these words, to, to give his followers this teaching. So the first issue was prayer had become nothing more than a lengthy, mindless repetition of written or memorized words, memorized prayers. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. I'll repeat that. <laughs> you see, what was going on in, in, in those days is you had rabbis, Jewish teachers, and they had provided the Jewish people, with a written set of prayers, a bunch of prayers. And they would have to say these prayers at 9 o'clock in the morning, midday, and 9 o'clock at night. 20 prayers, 9 o'clock in the morning, 19 middle of the day, and another 20 prayers at 9 o'clock at night. It's a bit overwhelming, right? And so that's why Jesus, and, and so for some people, I'm sure, and please keep this in mind as we go throughout this, that people were repeating these prayers with some sincerity, but by and large, it was getting repetitive. They were not connected to what they were saying. And Jesus is telling them, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, meaning vain here means useless. What you're doing, you're wasting your time and you're wasting our time. There's nothing happening here. You're going through the motions. You're checking off a list. I did this. Stop it. Jesus says when you pray, you must engage your heart. You must engage your mind. God wants all of you as you set out to do this. Now, next, people were approaching God in prayer, meaning talking to God with the wrong perspective. So the, in the Old Testament, which is the first half of the Bible, it tells, us, it tells us, and even really going into the, the time when Jesus walked and talked amongst people, no dividing line, it's kind of just a continuation of their lives. 
what we saw was a group of people, the Jewish people, and their relationship with God was distant. It was a distant relationship. And one of those reasons was because the ultimate place where the people would go to worship God, it was a sacred place. One man, one high-ranking priest could go in there once a year. And even then, they didn't know if he'd come out alive. They'd actually tie a rope to his leg just in case <laughs> they drag him out. It's called the Holies of Holies. It was, it was surrounded with a thick kind of a curtain, if you will. And that's where God, and that curtain separated God from man. It's why the separation between God and, and his people. It's not because God didn't love his people, those in Jesus' day. He did. He always has. But they couldn't draw near to God. They couldn't be in God's presence because of sin. Sin created the distance. Sin created that, the distance between God and man, God and people. They couldn't draw near because there was this barrier called sin. But as Jesus walked and talked amongst the people, he knew the day was coming soon when he would give his life for their sins and for our sins. That, and that, the net result of that would be an intimate relationship with God. Something that was so far beyond their mindset, their understanding, their comprehension. But Jesus knew that we would have that because of the forgiveness of our sins that his death would ultimately provide. We have that today. We can have this intimate relationship with God because of what Jesus did. And when I say sin, that's okay. When I say holy, that's okay. Sin means it's our nature, as we've talked about the last several weeks, back and forth. It's, it's just part of who we are. We see it all over the place. If you don't have sin in you, man, you're, 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 a, you're a statue. You're a mannequin. And holy is to be set apart. I want to put it, is, isn't it good to look to a holy God? One is we draw closer to him, the more who, who is set apart, who is above all things, who is above the chaos, who is above the, the, the pain, who's ab who, just, just, he's above it all. And as we draw closer to him, we, we now become more set apart. Think about all the trouble in these days that we live in. Think about the, the chaos, the division, the confusing, the strife. It's extraordinary. And in the midst of that, you're trying to raise your children, hold down an occupation, make some grandchildren, and, and it really, there's so much coming at us, isn't there? Is, wouldn't it be phenomenal in the midst of all that for you to kind of be set apart from some of that? As you're trying to say, am I making this right decision in my child's life? Am I thinking about this and understanding my spouse in the proper way? Am I being honest with myself with these feelings? Rather than try and sort through that in the midst of the chaos and the mayhem, wouldn't it be good to be set apart from that and that chaos and mayhem and crisis? It kind of stirs up that sin in us, right? Oh, I catch myself. I catch a news clip. I'll see this. I, I, I'll start going there, you know? And I'll be like, whoa, time out, Dave, you know? Or Chris, you'll be like, what are you thinking of? I'm like, oh, you don't want to know. It's not good. And she'll laugh and I'll laugh. She's like, okay, shut it down. I'm like, yeah, you know. Praise God that because of what Jesus did, we can go into the presence of God and we can be set apart. We can transcend our circumstances to think clearly, to be comforted, huh? And to make good decisions, to make wise decisions. So 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus says this, When you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father. Okay, so now this is like, wait a minute. Okay, what do you mean when we go into our room? What are you, what are you talking about approaching God? He's already confusing them. We, we go into this holy of holies. What do you mean go into a room and shut the door and pray to our Father? He's already beginning to tell them and show them it's not going to be distant anymore. There's not going to be this distance. There's not going to be this separation. You're going to be able to go before God intimately and privately and speak with God. You're going to be able to be set apart from all of this. The next issue was prayer had become inward-focused. Hang in there with me on this one now. The goal of prayer became for the glory of self rather than the glory of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse, verse 6, verse 5 says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they'll ever get. And I want to tell you, all these verses we're reading, Matthew 6, 5, verse 5, verse 7, verse 6, these are all, this is Jesus having a conversation with his followers before he jumps into what you know is the Lord's Prayer. And what Jesus is saying here, what you're seeing here is the reason why the need that G, for Jesus to teach that when we begin our prayer time, let's focus on God. Let's focus on glorifying God. So when he says, when Jesus tells us to begin the prayer by, you know, your will be done, your kingdom come, he's saying when you begin to have that conversation with God, Go the right way, not the wrong way. Go in a way where you're, going to be start, you're starting to think about God. You're starting to focus on God, on God's agenda, on what God wants, on who God is. That's how you want to start your conversation with God. So he was correcting what was wrong. That's not how they were beginning their conversation with God. Matter of fact, they were now focusing more on what they were being taught by the religious leaders, the Pharisees, uh, the, the rabbis. And Jesus tells them in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, he says, don't be like them. Don't follow what they're telling you anymore. Radical, audacious. So the first thing Jesus taught them about prayer, the very first thing Jesus taught his followers about prayer, there's a wrong way to pray. Yeah, there's a wrong way to pray. When we approach God with this mindset, that, you know, he's, he's not a loving heavenly father. When we, and, and, and he's distant, and there's a distance between us and him. He's kind of like, you know, this far off, maybe, I don't just entity, whatever it is out there in the universe, or something we put on a show. No, that's a wrong mindset. When we are completely self-centered, and we're approaching God, really, although, although somewhat innocently and, and, and not ill-intended, but just focused on our circumstances and who we are and what it's all about us, Jesus is saying, don't do that. That's what this offer, don't, it's wrong, don't do that. It's wrong for you. It's going to set you in the wrong direction of meeting with God, of taking advantage of this intimate relationship that you now can have with God. God is not a genie, right? And when we speak to God mindlessly, meaning we're just doing so out of repetition, we're just repeating things. And look, you can repeat the Our Father. You can do that with some sincerity. I have before, so I don't want to insult anybody or confuse anybody. 
You know, sometimes in my mind, and it happens, it's just, I mean, I just can't get going. I just, it's so cluttered. I'm so distracted. I start to praying, and June, next thing I know, I'm five years back, ten years forward. I'm arguing with somebody. I'm just, I wish it was like a, like a, a, what do you call it, like a reset? And maybe it's right here. Maybe they got, this is it. This is the reset, right? So I'll say, I'll say word for word that the Lord's Prayer. If I'm in a hospital room sometime and, and we're in a really tragic place, a painful place with someone, perhaps they're, it's, we're uncertain if they're going to live or, or we know they're not going to live. There are times and there's people in the room and I have a sense they're somewhat tuned into God. I'll call everybody together and I'll say, you know, the Lord's Prayer because they know it. They might not have been in church for like 30 years, but they can recite the Lord's Prayer word for word. And it'll kind of get us all on the same page, you know? So I'm not saying no. I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm saying is Jesus is teaching us that there's this great way to approach God, right? And that is to be engaged with your heart and your mind and not to do this out of repetition mindlessly. So after telling his followers not to pray as the religious leaders were, those Pharisees, he goes on to say, hey, I just told you how not to pray, which, by the way, is how everybody's praying in, in our day right now and how you've been taught to since you were like a little tot to now. But now I'm going to tell you instead, pray like this. This is how you should approach God. This is how you should talk to God. And now he jumps into what we know is the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And Jesus says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So today, we're going to jump into the Lord's Prayer for six weeks. I, I do. I think it, it's going to do you good. It's going to do me good by the time we're done. And after six weeks, we're going to be right up. We're going to be at that first weekend of October, and we're going to jump into Star Wars, right? We're going to have, we're going to have six weeks of Star Wars. Our grand opening will be that first weekend in October, so I'm putting it out there now. That's a definite date. We, were, we went and we traveled and we got the costumes early in the week. We got Chewbacca and my kids are already saying, oh, that one, that person's got to be Chewbacca. And, oh, this one, you know, and Star Wars and the Stormtroopers. And we got, it's, oh, it, and we just keep, keep adding to it. Red carpets, the movie, uh, it's going to be an awesome time. We're going to take, uh, take six episodes of Star Wars and we're going to go to each one and do what we do. We're going to pull out something, you know, we're going to take out a spiritual theme in there. And I'm going to see what the Bible says about that. We're going to put it out there. We are going to have such a great time. I cannot wait. huh? And so even now, I begin to pray about who you're going to be inviting for that grand opening. And we're not going to do one day. We're going to do a grand opening month. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to do one month for four weeks, three, four weeks. We'll let you know soon of just kind of a grand opening and begin to make a list about who you're going to pray and who you're going to invite and uh, let God do his thing, right? Can't wait to get there. So... Yeah, that's okay. You can clap about that. I just can't wait to hear the dan 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 dan. <laughs> all right. So, all right. The first thing that Jesus was doing and sharing the Lord's prayer with his followers, in teaching them, in guiding them, was this. He was saying, "Use the Lord's prayer to guide your own prayer. Use these words to guide your own prayer." 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the beginning of verse 9, Jesus says, in this manner, therefore pray. So what he's saying is, hey, this isn't just a group of words I want you to repeat. When he says in this manner, he's saying not this word, but this pattern, this structure. Huh? What he, remember, Jesus already talked about that vain repetition. And he's saying now in this manner. And what, we, what he's saying is out of the gate, what I'm giving you now, these words are a model to be used to point you in a direction of as you approach God to talk to him, as you go to praise him and adore him, as you go to ask him what we call petitions, ask him and present your needs to him, that you're going to do so from a good place, a sincere place. You're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to draw you into that presence of God. And it's not a substitute for your own prayers. Don't think you can say this instead of having an open, honest conversation with God. Do you like having open and honest conversation with God? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It'll be like, Dave, the time has come for you to sit down and have an open and honest conversation with God. Really? It's been too long, Dave. Sit down and talk to your Heavenly Father. Be honest. Dig into that subconscious. Grab that conversation. Just put it out there. Have this open and honest conversation with God. Next, Jesus says, use this. What we're seeing here is the Lord's Prayer. It's kind of a... The next thing it it tells us about prayer and how we enter into prayer is to address God as our Father. That can be sort of, uh, in modern-day times, then it would have been like, we got this. Modern-day times, that's kind of like controversial. Maybe I'll jump there. We'll see. Address God as Father. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, second part of verse 9, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven. So God believes it's important for us to come to him in prayer with the ultimate mindset. And the word Father accomplishes that very comprehensively because it implies a few things. Let me toss them out to you. The first is the word Father implies family. When you call someone Father, generally there's some sort of a close relation with them. Yeah? When you call someone Father, it implies love. Now, I want to stop right there. So, someone's in here. I know there are people in here. I've talked with them. I've prayed with them. There wasn't a good relationship with their father. There was a distance. There was disagreements. There was physical abuse. There was abandonment. All of the above sometime. Let's pause. Look how thorough God is. So when we go back to when, we, when Jesus is saying, when you, when you begin your prayers with God, what does he say? Focus on yourself. Begin to think of what's not right with you. Begin. No, what does he say? Begin to focus on God. This is why you must begin your conversation with God by focusing on God. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. The beginning of your conversation with God is looking to God, thinking of God, focusing on God. So you're not saying those words, but you're thinking about God. What is Jesus saying is, hey, when you begin to talk with God, when you begin to pray, focus your thoughts on God and who he is and what he's doing and what he wants to do and his kingdom and his church. Focus on God. Because when you do that, you'll get out of yourself. 
Because if you stay with yourself, then that father word might not be a good thing. But if you start your conversation thinking of me, before, you get, before your mind can be clouded, before that corruption that's within you can come in and taint any good, we'll shut it down now by you thinking of me. Before your adversary and your enemy can come in and taunt you and remind you and, and, and disrupt you, we'll shut it down now. Just begin to talk to me and think about me and who I am and what I've done and that I'm a holy God and I'm set apart and I'm taking you with me to set you apart from all of that and I am your father and I am your family and I am loving. And then you'll see God as he intended you to see him. So, and you see, the thing about this is if you go into context when he's having this conversation with them, Jesus didn't say when you pray, say, oh God, like, oh God. Again, none of these are wrong. And at times, I've said all of them. But what he's saying is there's a lot more to it than this. You know, it's not like say, oh, God, like he, you are so powerful. He could have said when you go before God, say, my Lord, meaning that, you know, you have, you have total control over me. True. But he didn't even say that. He could have said, say, dear master, when you go before God. Start your prayer with dear master. You know, you, you're the teacher. You're the rabbi. He didn't say that either. He could have told us when you begin to pray, say, my shepherd, meaning you're, you're guiding me, you're protecting me. But he didn't say that either. He could have said when you begin to pray, pray, hail king, you are my king. And he is my king. Christy mentioned that, and the song mentioned it. But that's not how Jesus said. He wanted to show us another way, the most comprehensive way, the greatest way that we would begin our conversation with God. And it's our Father, an intimate, close, loving, safe place who does all that, who does provide, who does guide, who does protect, who does teach, who does counsel, who does comfort. He does it all, but we see him for most of all. All that is done in a holy, loving way. Love, love, love. It's all saturated with love. He's a gentle God. Psalm 103.13 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. The word father next, I want to just jump over to the next, this next piece of bit, this nugget of guidance that Jesus was sharing with them and teaching them the Lord's prayer, what it would do for them. And you see the word father implies obedience. Children ought to obey their mother and father. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother. We ought, when we are approaching God, to be in a mindset of obedience. When we say, when we say Father, this is somebody we're close with. This is someone who loves us and we love. And this is someone who we are inclined to be obedient to. So when we go into that conversation, our hearts are softened to say yes. Yes, right? Sometimes I've actually said yes, but not now. <laughs> but just to get yes out there, he knows and I know that he knows it's yes. I'll tell Grizzly, I just said yes. So I, I'll tell you later. Sometimes it would be like when God spoke to me and I said, man, I, I, I better do it now. Like when he spoke to me about starting a church in Gardner, the, the, the consequences were so, were so severe. I'm like, I better get it out there now and go to it now because I will move away from this real fast, right? It's, it's just, yes, let's have this way of approaching God. He's our Father and we're inclined to obey Him. It says to honor your mother and father. 
This is huge. Oh, I teach my children. This. Not only do we teach them to honor mom and dad in the home, this was huge. This was a significant part. More than anything else that they would do to honor mom and dad in their home, to hold us high, to hold us in a, in a good place in their hearts and their minds. But think about that, how you do that with God, that you would honor God in your life. This was a significant difference from when I lived apart from God up into my late 20s, and when I turned to God, I now honored God. I held him in a high place, a valuable place, a recognizable place in my life. So as I made decisions, as I went down certain paths, as I thought about things, as, as I began to act out, I would put God was honored. I tell you, it's hard to honor God and make a really bad decision. I mean like a, a detrimental decision. It's really hard if you're honoring God. It is honor God in your actions. Honor God in your text. Honor God in your Facebook posts. Honor God in all your conversations, in your home and outside of your home. Honor God with your dreams. Honor God with your ambitions. Honor God in your weaknesses and in your strengths. Honor God because he is your father. All right, so now let's go to the next one. Jesus is giving us a guide. And one of the guides he tells us here in the Lord's Prayer is, is to, he's telling us to pray for the lost. And Hang in there with me, you'll get it. I hope so. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus says, Hallowed be your name. Some of your Bible might say, Holy be your name. It's the same thing. Now, this phrase, Hallowed be your name, it's actually a petition. It's the first of seven petitions. The Lord's Prayer is made up of seven petitions. The second petition is, Thy kingdom come. The third petition is, Thy will be done. The fourth petition is give us bread. The fifth petition is forgive us our debts. The sixth petition, lead us not into temptation. And the seventh petition is deliver us from evil. But the first petition is hallowed be your name. So if you're filling in those notes, did you get your notes today? You got them? Did they hand out the study notes today? Okay. Well, if you didn't get notes to fill in today, then that was a breakdown on my part. Uh, do, you know what? We'll try and have them out there by the desk. But uh, this isn't a statement. I want you to take a deep breath because I know I'm, I'm, I'm treading on some, you know, <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a bit complicated, a bit sensitive. That's what I'm looking for. When Jesus says, Hallowed be your name, he's not making a statement. It's the first of seven requests we make of God when we pray. R.C. Sproul, who's a, a theologian and a good one, he says, Jesus is not saying, Father, your name is holy. That's not what he's saying. But Father, may your name be hallowed. May your name be holy. May your name be known to be holy, hallowed. He's teaching us to ask that God's name would be regarded as sacred, be, would be known as holy, that it would be treated that God's name we're not telling God he's holy. He knows he's holy. But now we're requesting, meaning it's our prayer. When we're going before God, we are with sincerity, our hearts and minds engaged. We're saying, God, we want your name to be revered. We want your name to be, to be hallowed, to be holy. We want this now. We're requesting this. 
change your tongue, it'll change your heart, it'll change your mind. Really what you're saying is, I want this now. It begins with me now, right? I, I, I'm, I'm asking for the world. I want the world, my family, my friends, my school, my college, my job. I want them to revere your name and to, and to see you as a holy God for who you are. And it begins with me that I would know you as a holy God. So now after you see God that way and make that request, you begin to draw closer to him. So, right, so here's this. Our prayers, we're going to jump over to our prayers ought to begin outward focused. Meaning when we begin to pray to God, we want it to be outwardly. Sometimes you'll venture. Nope. But begin to, be, to think that way. When I have conversation with God, and I don't mean like a quick, I have these quick, uh, I have like literally dozens of quick talks with God during the day. You know, it's like I have this ongoing narrative with God going on in my life. But there are these times where I'm just, I'm going to sit with God. I'm going to have this intimate, deep conversation with him. And when I do, those prayers need to be outward focused, focused on him and not myself. Now, and I, and, and I want you to tell this, that Jesus doesn't tell us, you know, that only the world would know his name is holy. Jesus tells us precisely how God's name can be hallowed through the earth. So how, how are they going to know? How are our friends, our people at work, our family, how are they going to know that God's name is holy? How are they going to come to revere the name of the Lord? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's what we need to do. That's what's happening in that prayer. As Christians, we need to see a need and meet it and find a hurt and heal it. And I don't know if they're keeping up with me on that screen. If they do, they're doing a phenomenal job because I am all over the place here. That's what God has always intended. God always intended that that's what we would be, that we would be light in darkness, and we would be empowered to do this. We would have this mindset when we, we wouldn't do this on our own. We wouldn't try and concoct this in our own way of thinking with our own agenda. We wouldn't mix it up. No, but as we have these intimate conversations with God, we would be brought to that mindset from those times talking to him. All right, worship team, why don't you come on up? It just went so fast today. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll get to go and hang out and have some fun there. You know, really, like Chrissy said, everybody's invited. We like to hang out. You can sit in the shade and stay to yourself. I'll probably find you and talk to you anyway, but we do. We really like to spend time as a community of people. We, it's our way of just getting to know each other, of kind of getting into the grind of life with each other. We do have a, a, lot, of, a lot of fun. There's usually a good amount of food. So if you're here for the first time, come and join us. You know, we know we're tossing it on you, so nothing's expected to bring anything. Just show up, you know, and, and I encourage all of you, uh, as we now go towards being in our building, we want to preserve our culture, and a big part of our culture is to come together as a community of Christ followers, to come together as people. Not everybody that will be with us are Christ followers. Do have faith in God? Everybody's at a different place, you know, and a different time. You might see one person, he says he's a Christ follower, and he's not even acting like it, and the other person isn't, and he's acting better than he or she is. So it's just a whole, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a mess, right? But somehow in the, the sum of all that mess is we glorify God, don't we? Huh? 
You know, we glorify God. So I encourage you to get out there and be with us today. So let's wrap this up. A couple of thoughts. One, prayer is a skill that can be developed. You, you, you might, listen, this, I don't want this to be, I've learned, I've tried to do it where, okay, here's my prayer time every morning. It, honestly, it hasn't gone well with me. It, it, it could go well with you. You know, I, for me, it's more of a rhythm. Like I said, it's a kind of, a, but whether it's, you know, but really Jesus wasn't telling us, you know, about, about how much to do it or when to do it. I don't think he was. I want you to know this, number two here. God does not think the same condemning thoughts about, prayer, about your prayer life than you do. Jesus never said, this is how long you have to pray. This is how great you have to pray. This is how much you have. He said, when? <laughs> when? When you come to your end, drop to your knees, that's your when. I can't do this anymore. I've just said things that I really don't mean. When? <laughs> wow, my mind is being filled with some stuff that I know if I follow through on this, it's not good. And I am seeing it in a way that it's not real. It's not true. I'm making it better than it is. When? I've got to make some critical decisions in my life. When, you know, my children, my wife, my home, when? You follow me here? For me, when is a lot. I have four children, 17 and under. Got a son who's struggling through 11 months of concussion symptoms. I got a, a, a church that I love and people I love to be involved in their lives. I'm Dave. So when is a lot for me? But it's a good when, right? It's a good. I, I do. I love. When, when I can do that, I'm like, when is here? It's not laborious. It's not mechanical. I don't feel guilty. I just feel good about sitting there and doing the one thing that I realize is more valuable to me than anything else in the world. The one thing that was a result of my altered reality and that is just to have this open and honest and beautiful conversation with God. Why don't you stand with me? So listen, if you're here, why don't you turn to God this morning? If you're a believer, why don't you commit to God that with his help you're going to begin to have these better, more productive, more effective, more engaged conversation prayers with God. Now, if you're not a believer, you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in God, it's kind of fuzzy for you. You, you might even not like the whole thing. Before the Lord's Prayer comes along, there's this other set of words called the sinner's prayer. And again, I, I went to the whole beginning about the whole sinner and holy stuff. And this is, these are words you want to say. These are words that you can say right now in this time that we believe that God is in his sovereignty, in his mercy, in his love as your father. So God created, God is everyone's father, right? He created us. But, but the Bible talks about in 1 John, I think verse 12, about those who call him father are, are children of God, right? In a spiritual sense, unless you believe in Jesus, unless you know Christ, it's, in a spiritual sense, it's going to be very difficult, almost impossible to know God as a father, huh? But today you can do that. Today you can know your creator, your heavenly father, by saying these words. 
by believing that you are a sinner, that you are in need of saving. And that's okay, that's cool, because you are. That believing that God sent Jesus to this earth to die for your sins, and that when you trust in that, that Christ did that, and you know that your sins have been forgiven, that now you can speak to God and know God as your Father. Now you know the totality of being a child of God. And I invite you to do that. As they're playing that last song, I invite you to have this conversation with God. God, I'm here. Thank you for inviting me into your kingdom. God, I'm so glad your will is being done in my life, oh God, that I can talk to you now. I can see things clearly, that you have set me apart from all of the mayhem, that you're bringing clarity to me. I, I, I'm being stirred, and there's a comfort coming upon me. God, I want to talk with you now. And you just talk through those words with your God and your Heavenly Father as they sing this song. To God be the glory.